1: Find us at kslpodcast.com. Follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen.
2: And we are here with... Voices of Reason, I am Jason Lee, and my broadcast partner is Amy a- Donaldson. Right over there. Yeah. Welcome uh, back, Jason. Yes, I am back in one piece. Uh, you know, so I just uh, went on a vacation. It was, it's kind of weird. It, it was um, it was a family vacation, but it's not totally a vacation. Because uh, August of uh, 1619 began the... What we now know as the Western slave trade. So yeah. I went to um, Ghana to kind of learn about history and do some. There's some uh, family history involved, but I don't want you to get the impression that like all my family's from uh, Ghana, because that ain't true. It's it, there's so many countries involved in this. Mm-hmm. But being there and seeing the dungeons and some of the less than. Um, Oh man, it's 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 not, it's no, there was no fun in that.
0: No, it's very sobering. It was very right? sobering, yeah. but yeah. it was enlightening. Mm-hmm. And
2: I want to say that I love doing it, and we're going to do a, a show about that a little later. But, Absolutely, because uh, I, uh, I
0: went to the East African. Right. Slave, slave and I went trade to the West Side, site. right? So, yeah, so we so got to about that. Yeah, yeah.
2: And uh, but today I'm, I'm back. glad you
0: had that experience. Though, I did. I, so. I am, and it's glad. I'm glad you're back.
2: I am back, and I'll tell you something. Jet lag is for real. Because <laughs> uh, I, I am, I am struggling. I could barely stay up to ten o'clock. And, and uh, <laughs> last night I, I, I'm doing a jazz beat now for a little while, and. I had to stay up to midnight. Do you know I am dying? And, no. but then I, I wake up at weird hours of the morning. So I because I'm <laughs> supposed to be up earlier. that.
0: <laughs> your age is showing. There, it's, my it's friend. totally true. It's <laughs> totally
2: true. Well, joining us today, uh, very is excited about today. Our award winning uh, Deseret News national religion reporter is Kelsey Dallas. Thank you very much for joining.
3: Thanks us. for having me.
2: And um, we're going to talk about some. You know, I I wasn't because I was out of the country. Uh, Ellen, no. not yeah. a thing. Yeah, not aware of some right. of these things, but, but when I, I get back, I I kind of find out what's happening, and I'm a little I'm a little surprised by this kind of kerfuffle, but uh, I do understand what you're saying. It, it, there's seems to be a, a bit of hypocrisy in, in kind of how she's behaving. Well,
0: um, it depends on how you view it. So let's just lay the foundation for this. Uh, Ellen went to a Dallas Cowboys. Uh, they were playing the Packers. She's a very good friend of Aaron Rodgers. Uh, she actually got invited to sit in the box. I think it was Jerry. Jerry, Jerry Jones. Jones. Jerry Jones's box seat or box? Uh, you know sweet and um and so she does a little video she you know Ellen's pretty big on I mean, if you follow her on social media she does hilarious things and um she shows who's in the box and starts on the side with her wife and talking to some other people you know the people who are in the box and it ends with a kind of funny picture of George W Bush um and he's kind of looking um kind of goofy like he does sometimes and uh and then everybody laughs and 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 it's no it was it seemed like no big deal. Well what happened was an immediate backlash from the LGBTQ community saying um how can you uh you know be friends with this guy, hang out with this guy, be there in the box with this guy um who uh, he, and and everybody thinks that it's because He's a they call him some people were saying he's a war criminal because he got us into this war that we didn't there were no weapons of mass destruction. But a lot of the LGBTQ concerns were that he advocated for Brett Kavanaugh. And to be on the Supreme Court. And um, and now the Supreme Court is hearing, is it three cases, Kelsey? You know, Yeah, better three than me. on
3: a, a similar topic about if it's legal to fire someone for being gay or transgender.
0: Yeah. And so they're considering those cases right now, mm-hmm. which a lot of uh, understandably people are upset that that now this looks like this may be an issue. Right. Mm-hmm. So because you have a five, four majority mm-hmm. of conservative mm-hmm. justices. So. So that was the the thing was you've betrayed us you're hanging out with this guy who you know you could either have issues with the war he got us into or you could have issues with um the fact that he advocated for Brett Kavanaugh and um and then Ellen defended herself saying hey I when I said be nice to everyone I I meant everyone People who believe differently than you, people you disagree with. And one thing I have loved about Ellen is she pretty much has had everybody on, and she does talk to everybody. There, are, She does have some lines, some extremes. She said she would never have Donald Trump on. She would never talk with him. And as you know from listening to this show, I said I would actually take a meeting with Donald Trump. Um, but I, So I'm a firm believer, that's what we advocate for on this podcast, is like you only learn yeah you only learn if you talk to people who disagree with you Mm -hmm. right and if you talk to only people who agree with you first of all you're going to think i'm so smart and i'm right Mm -hmm. um and you you really should expand your worldview so anyway i want to have kelsey on um uh, you've been writing about all these subjects, so you've been yep. writing about Supreme Court cases. One of the few people I know who's probably read all the briefs. <laughs> I only read the Amicus brief, mm-hmm. um, and then and and I will say, as a mom of a gay kid, it was upsetting to me, mm-hmm. um, and it's hard for me to separate how I feel personally with um, how I feel about how you should, you know, have these kinds of discussions in a public domain mm-hmm. because I think this is one of those situations when you're talking about religious freedom. And individual civil rights mm-hmm. where we have this kind of, you know, collision. And for me, it's an easy one. I think that if you get to believe what you want in your churches, then people get to mm-hmm. marry who they want. Right. But there are there definitely are some issues. And mm-hmm. we've talked about them on the show. What what was your thought about the Ellen? um like the, I Situation. guess, the controversy. Yeah. We'll call yeah, yeah. it the controversy. I don't know what else to call it.
3: Well, it felt very familiar to me in a strange way. I certainly don't host a talk show. I'm not followed by <laughs> tens of thousands of people on social media, but I have had that same type of backlash to stories mm-hmm. I've written, which was like, why did you even interview that person? Mm. That's not a legitimate concern. They're, again, I've it's seen not, that backlash. It's not, I, yeah. award, it's not that that person's a war criminal. It's just that their opinion is so upsetting that they shouldn't even be quoted. And as a reporter, I'm trying to defend the work that I do and say, hey, there are opinions all across the spectrum on this. And my job is to bring them to the surface and sort of bring them in conversation with each other. And I just feel that more and more folks aren't interested in those types of conversations. They're reacting Mm -hmm. and they're saying it's better for us to just play nicely with those who we already get along with and just sort of forget about everybody
2: else. So they want to stay in their echo echo chamber kind of? Yes.
3: And I, I think... You might first assume that it's just sort of trolls, that it's just people who are going to get mad at you no matter what, but mm-hmm. it's just happening more and more, and it's emails I receive and responses. And I think this is a growing group of Americans that are very troubled by the idea of searching for common ground and would prefer to say, this is the correct approach, and let's not sort of hear other opinions. So, what
2: I mean, and like. Just even hearing you say that, I, I I say to myself, why do we what are we afraid of? Mm-hmm. Do, do you get a sense of why people seem to be reluctant to want to have discussions mm-hmm. that are different than the, the, the views they already hold?
3: Yes, I think that um, as someone I have a lot of friends who identify as LGBTQ and what I've heard from them in their concerns um, is that it's not it's not good neighborliness to sort of reach out and build bridges with someone who is actually dehumanizing members of their community that is mm. sort of speaking in such uh, inappropriate or aggressive language to where it makes it sound like someone who's a member of the LGBT community sort of doesn't belong here. or well, shouldn't to exist. I um, mean, I
0: think if you're especially transgender people right mm-hmm, now, yes. um, where you can't use a restroom, you know, you can't exist in public spaces in a lot of ways. They won't recognize. They won't allow you to do certain things. And I think those are the people who are maybe the most you know we see them as the most fragile Mm -hmm. if you're in if you're an ally of the lgbtq community and so that that's um i think that's where it sort of gets uh personal so and i always say like people say it's just politics right or it's just Mm. it's just you know why do you care and politics is how we solve societal problems so you have to care about how politics talks about and treats human beings because when it says people are three-fifths of a human, yeah. that's a problem. And it's yeah. not
2: just politics, by the way. That actually happened. But
0: that really so. happened, and that and that has a, had a lasting impact on this country, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that's that's where it comes from.
3: People we,
2: feel that today. When we come back, I want to continue this discussion. and. Go back to Amy's point about, uh, because Ellen defended herself saying try to be kind to people. Yeah. And if if you listen to this show, you know that Amy has tried to get me to be kinder to people. And it's a really, (laughs) that's an uphill battle if there ever was a thing. But I I would like to uh, discuss that a little more in detail when we come back. And what that looks like. Absolutely. You're listening to Voices of Reason. Welcome back to Voices of Reason. I am Jason Lee, along with Amy Donaldson. Today we're joined by Kelsey Dallas. She is the award-winning national religion reporter for the Deseret News, who employs all of us, actually. Who does amazing
0: work and is an amazing follow on Twitter. What's your Twitter handle? At Kelsey underscore Dallas. Okay. And there you go. You'll see lots of pictures of her dogs, too. <laughs> Her dog, one dog, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Two what, kind cats. Of, what kind of? Dog, wait, well, we don't even want to talk about cats today, do we? Uh, <laughs> a little
3: chihuahua that's mixed with we think a dachshund, so a pretty oh, long man. chihuahua. A chihuahua. yeah. yeah. Oh, I had a there's, there's
2: a really feisty dog too.
3: Yeah, <laughs> very loud. I would imagine, right,
2: right. So uh, we're we're talking today, at least in the first segment, uh, first two segments, regarding uh, Ellen DeGeneres was at a Dallas Cowboys uh, Packer football game, and she was sitting in Jerry Jones, the owner's box, mm-hmm. with former president. Uh, George H... No, I'm sorry, George W. Bush. George W. Bush, yeah. And apparently she says they're friends, mm-hmm. it, which mm-hmm. would seem to be a, a bit of a, uh, you know, kind of a surprise because President Bush is, is and was uh evangelical Christian mm-hmm. and he had certain views on things and uh, particularly as it relates to uh, Brett Kavanaugh now and they have uh, the, an issue in the Supreme Court facing the LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. Uh, folks were pretty upset, up in arms, about how she would... Uh, be friendly with a person who had such diverging views from who she is personally, yeah. let alone uh, other people. I, around the I
0: think it's similar. Remember, we had a discussion about Kanye meeting with President Trump. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So it was a similar thing. Like, how can you betray us? And I do think if you haven't read it, ta Coates wrote an amazing piece on what it feels like to be a token. Right, so when you are a person of color, or you've been disenfranchised in this, if you're a woman, yeah, well, I wouldn't say women have it as bad, but but definitely definitely LGBTQ. But there are groups like LGBTQ uh, people of color who, um, when they get a person in the circle of power, right. They want that person to be... Like Sammy Davis Jr. You you guys are all too... Jason and I are old enough to remember this. (laughs) But he actually... Did he get a a hug from President Nixon, right? And it was a hug heard around the world, right? A hug,
2: and he was... He was
0: ostracized. Uh, uh, If you see it...
2: If you go back and watch some video, I have never seen somebody who was hurt to their heart wow. by how negatively he was, he was portrayed, portrayed by other black people And let America. me tell
0: you, uh, Malcolm Gladwell did an amazing podcast yes, on he this did. very Absolutely. subject, and it really dives in deep into Revision this, whole, this whole idea yeah, yeah. of, um, do you represent yourself Absolutely. when you express a political view, or do you represent your community, right? Because mm-hmm. I think most of the time... We feel uh, like I'm just saying what I think, right? But we represent, like we just we represent the paper. So when I talk to my neighbors, I'm careful because I know they don't think of me as just a regular mm-hmm. person, right? But I think um, it would be even more weight if I represented a community and I was in a, in the public sphere. So that was it. I wanted to just kind of frame this segment of the conversation, though, with a quote from one of my favorite guys, James Baldwin. Um, uh, he says, we can love, and he was talking about politics, mm-hmm. um, We can st- we can disagree and still love each other unless your disagreement is rooted in my oppression and the denial of my humanity and my right to exist. And to me, that is where the line mm. is, right? So how do you, but here's the thing, even if I... And I do disagree with George W. Bush on literally almost every single thing he's ever done, right? Um, and and mostly the way in which things were done, um, because I loved a lot of people who worked for him, including Colin Powell um, and uh, Condoleezza Rice. I think they're amazing leaders and people, human beings. And um, but but I I think that when it I have like I said, I have a, a daughter who's a lesbian, and I think that. When you say I know what struggle she had to tell her employer that she was gay Mm -hmm. and should she tell that employer and the employer kept making assumptions about her husband or Mm -hmm. if she was going on a date that it was with a man and she felt dishonest, not correcting him. And so she finally told him and it was no problem. But I wonder now, like, as I read the brief, like, Mm -hmm. what does if you don't protect her right to that job Mm -hmm. because of her sexual orientation? Like, what are you exposing her to? Mm-hmm. And and I... If you've met my oldest daughter, she's literally the most loving kid on the planet. And I just don't think she deserves... To be um, fired from a job mm-hmm. because of who she is, and I feel so. For me, we can disagree about politics, and I, you know, me, I'm a definite like keep talking, keep having the conversation. Mm-hmm. I think Ellen should talk to. How is George W. Bush ever going to change his mind if he never knows and sees the humanity mm-hmm. and loves people from the LGBTQ community? Mm-hmm.
3: No, I agree, because um, you're when we live in these echo chambers where everyone shares your opinion, there is no opportunity to move a little more to the center or to change your mind or at least to understand the people that you're arguing with a little better.
0: To me, it's understanding. That's what we aim for here is stop trying to persuade everybody right. that you're right. I
2: don't, you don't, we shouldn't have to agree, but mm-hmm. we should understand where we're coming
0: from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you should understand my anxiety with saying that businesses can refuse to serve my kid Mm -hmm. right like you may not just you may say like i still think a business owner has the right to work with who they want to work with because Mm -hmm. that's their you know we can and i can see that argument i can understand like we own a podcast business and i said if somebody came to me and said i would like to start a white supremacy uh, podcast i would say Take it elsewhere. Mm-hmm. We're not going, and we're not going inter- to. We're private you know? businesses. Yeah, but but that, but so are the bakers who are saying we don't want to. And I think they should be able to so do that can. too. And so, but that's the, that, But now, now it's spreading to like healthcare. Yes. right. Should yeah. a doctor be able to say I don't want to serve? I don't want to. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do transgender surgery. Right. Mm-hmm. There are these little, and, and they seem easy. Right. Yeah. They When you when you step away from it, you say, well, you should have to do like people have the right to have access to whatever they mm-hmm. need in this life. But then when you talk to people and you understand their conviction, right, mm-hmm. their their personal religious conviction, it gets much harder. Mm-hmm. And and that's where I think if you want to look to an example locally, look to Troy Williams.
3: Well, I was going to say, if you. um if you don't want to compromise or talk to someone because they're trying to oppress who you are, that James Baldwin quote, I think there's a sort of parallel thread that's going on in the country today which is these issues are so contentious that there is no sort of let's all hold hands and skip together afterwards. There is no sort of ultimate solution on Mm -hmm. some of these and I think that's why some people would rather just not have the Conversation it's because just, they don't
2: feel like they'll get to a, a there a is no place to. there, get there to. is
0: I think the holding hands and skipping is not happening <sighs> I don't want to hold hands and skip with George W Bush I don't want to <laughs> hate him either right no, but I mean but, but that's but, the whole
2: point I think so for me what 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 is distressing is kind of what uh, Kelsey just said you know because there is no holding hands and skipping at the end or this whole kumbaya moment that we don't want to have the discussion at all at all because yeah. as adults and again these are primarily adult discussions that. Um, we, we know that we don't always agree. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. But I don't necessarily have to hate you for it. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, going back to kind of what Amy talks about, you know, and, and, and I think what uh, Ellen was trying to say is, you know, to be kind to people. Mm-hmm. You know, even if George Bush has some very, um, I don't know, distressing points of view that really, uh, that Ellen may even feel like oppressed people like her mm-hmm. uh, who are uh, LGBTQ, you know, but she finds it in her heart to say he can have that opinion because the rest of the world doesn't see me that way and I still have my ability to live and prosper in this, in, in the country we live in and mm-hmm. hopefully in other places and other spaces where you go around the world. So isn't it incumbent upon us all to figure out a way, even, like, you use the white supremacist uh, example, you know, mm-hmm. when those people came to me and say, and, and if, for some reason if they wanted to say to me they wanted to have this podcast, I'm like, you know what? I hear where you're coming from but I, I can't be party to that. Mm-hmm. And that's what I would say to them, you know, it's not that they can't have it; they just can't have it with me, mm-hmm. for if, in my establishment. And and I would, and I think they would understand why. Now they can try to sue me if they want to, saying that I'm being discriminatory. But I'm I'm not saying that uh, they can't do what they uh, want to do. Yeah. I just said I don't want to be party to it, yeah. and it, I can't be. I shouldn't be forced to have to be party to it. Which is why I don't necessarily agree with the uh, the uh, the Supreme Court making bakers. Except uh, you know, first of all, I don't. If the people don't want to make my cake, I don't want them to make it. Because I don't even want to know what that cake pe- could let be me, like.
0: Let me add a complicating factor. What if you live in a What if Small none town. of the bakers want to help you? What if you can't get a cake bake? I learn to
2: bake myself.
0: Cakes are one thing. But yeah, but a lot of... What if you couldn't get a plumber? Like, there are things people can't do for yeah. themselves. Like, baking a cake is one thing, right? And and I, uh, like, my daughter just went to a, up at the University of Utah, they had an LGBTQ uh, wedding expo. And so she said the businesses that showed up, even though they knew there weren't going to be a lot of people there... Those are the businesses I'm going to support. And so that's the way we think it should work. But but the reality is that a lot of people, millions of Americans, live in smaller communities where there's only two or three plumbers or there's right. only one or two contractors. And if you can't get those services because you're gay... Um, That's a problem. I think that many religious freedom advocates were
3: disappointed and depressed that that Masterpiece Cake Shop, the Baker case at the Supreme Court last year, was so contentious because it was sort of like, this should be an opportunity to have good conversations. Wedding cakes matter, but not so much as Life-saving health care. And yes. so it was It was very startling how quickly lines were drawn and people were throwing stones at each other over that type of issue.
2: And sadly, we, we get, as you, we all kind of talked about earlier, we, we haven't figured out a way to coexist, mm-hmm. even though we may have differing points of view. Uh, we're going to have to switch because we've got uh, two more segments coming up. Now we're going to talk about some politics. I mean, well, distinctly politics <laughs> rather than kind of on the periphery here. Uh, the Democratic debates, right? Uh, when we come back, we'll talk about uh, Debating policy and all kinds of things that uh, would probably drive most conservatives a little crazy, but that's what we're here for. You're listening to Voices of Reason. Welcome back to Voices of Reason. I am Jason Lee, along with Amy Donaldson. And today we we are here with Kelsey Dallas. She is the national religion reporter for the Deseret News. And on this particular segment, we're going to start off talking about... So when I'm out of the country, everything starts to happen, apparently. Uh, (laughs) There was a forum Mm -hmm. uh, regarding uh, LGBTQ issues.
3: Yes. So last Thursday night... Uh, CNN hosted an LGBTQ rights town hall along with the Human Rights Campaign, which is a very um, well-known advocacy organization. And they gave sort of nine candidates, I believe, 30 minutes to answer questions and talk about their That's views. a long forum. Yes, it was. But it was so fascinating because they were able to touch on so many different important topics, such as what should happen when religious freedom comes in conflict with gay rights or um, how the Supreme Court should rule on that case about the rights of gay and transgender workers. And I was really impressed with the range of questions that were asked and sort of the depth of, of issues that were explored.
0: Yeah. And and that's what I I just watched pieces of it. I didn't mm-hmm. watch all of it. Um, but I uh, and part of it was I was afraid of Like I said, when an issue feels really personal to you, like that, you do shy away from this. Because one thing that I have sort of been grappling with the last month, and you guys can give me your thoughts on this. Is this idea of tolerance, right? Mm-hmm. And I hear this a lot in regards to LGBTQ. We need to be tolerant. We need to be tolerant. I, I don't think my kid wants to be tolerated. Mm-hmm. I think she wants to be embraced. I don't think anybody wants but to. You
2: make people embrace her.
0: No, no. But I just think that idea of like our goal is tolerance is a bad goal. And mm-hmm. I think our goal should be. Um, you know, acceptance that people don't live the way we do, right? Yeah. And that doesn't make them any less human or or legitimate. And you want to do what you want. I always say I give as much, you know, love and compassion to people as I want because I want to be treated mm-hmm. well. I want to be allowed to live the, my life in the fullness that I see my way. And I want to give that opportunity mm-hmm. to other people as well. So, But that's a difficult thing when those things come into collision. One thing I thought was interesting was, uh, so we, we talked a little bit about the Ellen George W. Bush debate, mm-hmm. is this Elizabeth Warren debate, too. So she makes a joke. So a, uh, Someone said it was Sally Field's son. Do you know if that's right? Oh, I don't remember. So a gentleman asks the question of Elizabeth Warren he said how what would you say to him he, he said a person of yeah, faith yeah, yeah. Um, said it's my religious conviction that marriage is between one man and one woman mm-hmm. and she like you could just see she was like yes I've been waiting for this softball all night and she said uh um, and I love Saturday Night Lights. Par- Saturday Night Live did a parody of this where she becomes a basically first a stand-up comedian and then a drag queen. It was awesome. But she, but she says, "I'm first going to assume this is a man," which made everybody laugh. And then she said, um, "I would tell you to marry one woman," mm-hmm. and then everybody laughs about that. And then she walks turns and walks away, and then she turns around and says, if you can find one. Mm-hmm. And everybody just loses it, including the guy who asked the question. Mm-hmm. So I thought that there were two things. First of all, I laughed. I thought that was hilarious. But I also thought that um, it it made... It it twisted a... Nor- like, normally you have to answer that question mm-hmm. in a serious way and address your feelings and policies. Mm-hmm. Um, but she just basically said what I have felt, which is why are we... Why do... Gay people have to declare their sexuality. Why are we still in this discussion? Mm-hmm. Like you are who you are, you're married to who you are, and all we're doing is getting to know each other mm-hmm. like we i, I it's why I, I think people are tired of coming out stories right yeah. because and it was just interestingly just national Coming mm-hmm. out day, but I feel like it was just a way of saying, well, if that's what you believe, then live your belief mm-hmm. where that's how I feel about religious. If that's your belief, live your belief that does that's not my belief. And
3: although many more conservative people of faith were upset about that moment and sort of disgusted with the idea that you would just dismiss some long-held religious belief that marriage Mm -hmm. is reserved for one man and one woman, it is important to keep in mind the audience that she was speaking to. This was Mm -hmm. a forum for an audience of folks that are members of the LGBT community or allies. And so this was the time that she could sort of connect with them, say that some of these old habits that we have of speaking about same-sex marriage are just ridiculous and frustrating. Um, and so she would probably answer that incredibly differently a year from now if she was on the main debate stage. And so um, it was just this strange juxtaposition of speaking to this very specific audience while also at a nationally televised So event. do you
0: think her making that joke was dismissive of people's religious faith about well, r- it's marriage? Because, it, because if you came to me and said, Amy, I believe marriage is between me- one man and one woman, I would say, cool, I don't. Like the, I would just that would just be the end of it. You know, I might not make a joke because I'm not that funny. Mm-hmm. But but I didn't have I didn't think it was dismissive as much as it was saying your religious belief doesn't determine what who I marry. It determines who you marry. Mm-hmm. Right. I think it was an important point in that sense. But it yeah. felt.
3: Speaking on behalf yeah. of a lot of the more conservative folks I yeah. interview, it felt dismissive because of the slew of other comments throughout the night from other candidates, including the way Warner herself answered some questions that were sort of like, anytime religious freedom protections butt up against LGBTQ rights – uh, religious freedom just has to take the back seat And LGBTQ rights um, deserve their sort of the focus of our conversations. And so I think there were many folks listening in and feeling threatened. And then that type of joke approach
2: just made well, it you, a little worse. Can I jump in here for a second? Yeah. So, you know, one of the things I, uh, I find that's uh, a little distressing is that people, when, when they, for instance, if, and, and I'm not picking on uh, the religious people. I, 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 I'm, I'm going to preface this by saying this. You know, it's not about them. Mm. All right. That's that's what people do, because they make it about themselves rather than this. This uh, this forum was about the people in the audience. So when you said, you know, she's talking to the, the audience. Well, we just happen to be flies on the wall. Yeah, we were not the audience. Yeah. yeah. And so we can't make it about you can't always make it about yourself. Yeah. So when she was speaking to those people, she literally was speaking to those people. Mm-hmm. And I know uh, in in years past when I've watched uh particularly different issues because I'm black, I, I follow these kinds of things that when I, when I hear non-white people try to tell me how I should feel about different things or that I mean... Or how
0: what, I feel about a black issue. Yeah. Yeah. But, but <laughs> yeah. What,
2: what yeah. My right to have my freedoms impose uh, somehow uh, limits your ability like this is a, some zero-sum mm-hmm. game. I always want to say like it's not about you.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I have had this struggle going uphill for reasons that are completely illegitimate by the way yeah. because it's, uh, it's discriminatory. I just want what you have, which is not taken away from you. It just yeah. gives me what I deserve. Similarly, with the LGBTQ issues and, and as it relates to religious freedom, I don't want the religious people not to have their religious freedom. I just want to have my LGBTQ freedom. Mm-hmm. And those two things, can it coexist? Yeah. You just have to recognize that you get to live your way. I get to live my mm-hmm. way. And I'm not f- imposing my will on you mm-hmm. by doing either. Mm-hmm.
0: So I think that's an important point for me is that somehow like my mom's a very religious woman and 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 very faithful. And we had a great conversation about this. But she said my beliefs, she's LDS. She's very faithful. Had, I wouldn't know what to do if my mom wasn't her. her right. You've inter we've interviewed Absolutely. her on this show. Um, but she said um, my faith and my beliefs don't have anything to do with what Rachel's doing in her life. Mm. Right. So and and having she wants rachel to have all the opportunities that all her other grandkids have mm-hmm. and she doesn't want rachel to lose her job because of who she is um because all of other grandkids have protections in place mm-hmm. you know she has race uh, grandkids of different races she wouldn't want them dismissed because they were mexican or because they were uh, polynesian so she it's it's um i i never understood it but that's why i think it's critical to keep discussing Mm -hmm. my ability to get married and buy a cake shouldn't impact my mom's ability to go to church and worship exactly as she believes.
2: Mm -hmm. And I I like to believe that it probably doesn't. We're going to continue this discussion on the other side. You're listening to voices of reason. Welcome back to Voices of Reason. I am Jason Lee, along with Amy Donaldson, and today we're speaking with a, with award winning national religion reporter for the Deseret News, Kelsey Dallas, and we are kind of in the midst of this discussion regarding uh, the recent forum. Uh, I guess it was a political forum, re- primarily and focused on LGBTQ issues. And each of the Democratic candidates got a half an hour. Oh my, that is a long time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, to, to Nine candidates to do that. I mean, that's, that's just hours and hours and hours. But you guys, I was out of the country, so I didn't have to endure it. And J- and well, Jason's, it a,
0: a, Jason's a self-described atheist, so, uh, yeah. you know, probably not his favorite forum. I thought it was a, a really fascinating thing to do, mm-hmm. right? I think singling it, you know, like honing in on certain issues or certain groups is really fat. I think it's really interesting because you do get just sound bites here and there. Like you don't, and in those debates you don't get real answers. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's why I, I kind of loved the parts of it that I watched, but Well, I was going to say that I I
3: actually, these candidates, although they were in hot water for some of the things they said as conservative religious folks having some pushback, maybe these candidates should be applauded for taking this moment to really speak to members of the LGBT community instead of just repeating sort of stump speech
0: lines. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they did have real comments. And I thought, I actually, I'm... more and more impressed with Pete Buttigieg mm-hmm. like i really think some of the things he brings Literally, up this was
2: right up his alley
0: yeah but i see <laughs> but i think that but but i mean it wasn't what i expected from mm-hmm. him right i i thought his um address like he addressed faith concerns in my opinion in the most thoughtful way mm-hmm. of any of the candidates i don't know how you felt but for me the ones that i watched he was the one who said there is a reason to consider someone's faith you know in mm-hmm. this in this discussion right and he is a self described person of faith so i think that for me i understand some of the i have all of the above in my family and friend group and so when we talk about and we have these discussions luckily um and i um one way in which i see uh, the fears of and concerns of religious or of uh, spiritual people um when it comes to something like this so if you're a person of faith and your faith says uh, marriages between one man and one woman. One of the concerns that I hear and we've discussed is, but I don't want my church to have to be uh, uh, to accept this right? Yeah. as a doctrine. Our doctrine is this. Mm-hmm. It is. And so we don't want to have to change that. Mm-hmm. And that is what people are afraid of if they say. Yes, gay marriage is legal. And I think you heard of this addressed in LDS conference, right, where he said, yes, the law of the land is that uh, marriage is legal between uh, same gendered people. But that's not our faith. Mm -hmm. Our faith is one man, one woman. And so um, I think that the real issue comes down to. Uh, where religious freedom crosses over into public domain. And one of those areas, unfortunately, is marriage. Mm -hmm. And so when people get married, where do they go to get married, Mm -hmm. right? They look for... Oftentimes, we've just... The state has really abdicated the majority of marriage issues to religious groups. So you find a... You know, if if you need a... You can get a judge... If you're not religious, but by and large, people go to a religious leader of some kind, and there are uh, religious leaders who will marry same sex couples. Plenty
2: of people get married at the uh, courthouse.
0: Yeah, judges. That's what I said. Judges, but but the vast majority. People. I and Ed's married people, but the vast majority of people get married by religious. Person, You know, religious leader in a some kind of religious setting. So I think that if you separated those two things, you know, more and made it so that marriage was a contract between two people versus um, a religious, a sacred ceremony mm-hmm. that the state sanctions, mm-hmm. I think you and then religious groups could do what they want. But there would be a state sanctioned, mm-hmm. you know, contract mm-hmm. that between two people. That just, Maya, what do you guys think about that? Because I think marriage I'm is the one... going to let
2: the lady go first. I got a whole other thing coming on after this. Yeah.
3: <laughs> well, I, it is interesting that you bring yeah. that up because it's been sort of floating around since states were considering legalizing gay mm-hmm. marriage and then, of course, the big Supreme Court case. And I, I think there were many people who were supportive of that approach, but then there was a backlash that's like, no, we want to have our marriages in the eyes of God. We want churches to still be involved. And then the comfort was, well, at least everybody can agree that churches deserve to make their own doctrinal decisions, that mm-hmm. we can sort of protect them. And so that's sort of always been throughout bake- cake baker cases or healthcare worker cases. It's like, at the very least, we can all agree that churches have to make their own decisions about their beliefs and then behave accordingly. And I think that was another interesting um something that emerged from that town hall was that there were calls from Beto O'Rourke to um, remove a church's tax exam status if it won't sort of comply with LGBT non-discrimination protection. So it was yeah. sort of like this final frontier. Oh my gosh, how could we finally get here? This is so scary. And, th- and there have been candidates like Pete Buttigieg who have disavowed O'Rourke's claim, have said we need to protect our churches. But it is wild to think that suddenly in 2019 we're already discussing sort of should a church be allowed to even teach that marriage is between one man and one woman. No, interestingly,
2: okay, so I'm going to dial something back here. Marriage, completely, 100%, a human construct. It doesn't exist in in, in nature, right? It's something we we came up with. Mm -hmm. We created this institution, and to make it legal, it does not have to be done in a, a in a because I'm separating church. church and state literally yeah. right here. Yeah. Because the only part of the religious part is you wanting to be in this church and say this in 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 front of your your Lord and Savior or or your prophet. However, the part that the state cares about is the contract those two people are making that says we are now married and there are tax implications. Mm-hmm. And some other, uh, you know, individual implications. Yeah, I think
0: there are way more implications than that. But but, yeah. but there
2: are legal implications. Yes. So what I'm saying, exactly. And say so this: the legality part is all that's important to them. Mm-hmm. So we have conflated these things. Mm-hmm. We as a society,
0: because well, we, for good of, reason,
2: though. We, that, that's not the point. I know, but I think for <laughs> good reason. But not the point. What I'm saying is we conflate. In in reality, it's really only a legal issue, because that's why you can go to the courts and ask and say you can't discriminate. Mm-hmm. It's not that you uh, the religious people can't have it their, their way. They just can't have it in a way, in a way that uh, interferes with that legal part.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but and here's... That's
2: where I think that's where people don't realize that's where the line is drawn. You, once you cross the, the part that says you are now uh, uh, interfering and discriminating against my legal rights to do something, that yeah. is to be married... Mm-hmm. To have this contract together with a person I choose, not you. Yeah. That's where there's the issue. But
0: here's the here's the but you, there is no line. You're saying there's a line, but what Beto says is, o- Rourke, I should probably say both names, um, <laughs> is that if you are, it's just like the cake baker. You said cake baker shouldn't have to serve I gay don't people. Think they should have to, but, but I mean, but you know. but so if I'm a church and I say I don't marry gay people, Beto is saying that I lose my tax exempt status. That's the that's the problem. Mm-hmm. And that's a problem. That is,
2: tax exemption tax- is status is a problem, but we can go through that No, day, too. I,
0: I, think, I think the work churches do. Oh, stop it. I, 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 I'm a firm believer yeah, in, in the I'm, good I'm, stuff they do, and especially—
2: I would be the guy, the atheist guy, saying no. No. Well,
3: that. but it, yeah. it does relate to what Jason was saying about what does it look like to truly separate church and state. And yeah. for a long time, tax exemption was seen as separation because it's saying we don't have to give you our, our uh, financial files. We'll sort of stay in our yeah. own little zone. But maybe we're moving towards a vision of separation of church and state where it says no public sort of favors, no legal overlap with churches at all. Um, They just need to be treated like any other organization.
0: Yeah. And maybe that's the direction we're moving, but I'm saying that's that's why people were upset about yeah. what Beto said it was yes. because they're saying you're saying it's okay for us to do what we want to do and as, you know, for example, LDS people, we don't want to have gay marriage in our churches or in our temples then we would lose our tax exempt yeah. status. And that's that's the fear, that's the problem with that. There, like, I don't think there is a line. There is a conversation that mm-hmm. we have to keep having, but it, there isn't. Like, we haven't all agreed. Like, this is where the
2: line is. Well, by the way, I don't think that churches should have to be forced to marry these people because they have other options. You could. It's, it, churches, in in some way, is private, right? Mm-hmm. It's your religion is your religion. It, I mean, though, there are very dis, there dis, distinct differences between Islam and Judaism and Christianity, but within Christianity, there's all these little uh, sub. You know, cultures. Even though they're kind of the same, the LDS Church is very similar to the way that Catholic churches run. And you know, it's it's there's a lot of sim- similarities. Is all I'm saying. I'm not saying it's exactly the same. So, <laughs> but 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 my point though is Jason Lee won. Well, no. <laughs> the, to... <laughs> the 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 idea here is that you sh- churches should be able to decide how they run themselves. Mm-hmm. They they are individual uh, entities are, are, uh, upon themselves, and we shouldn't tell them how they should do it. Now, that is to say, they they. They can discriminate to some degree, but they can't do it, you know, by and large. And if they don't want to have a religious ceremony in their church that is against their faith, then to be honest with you, I don't see a problem with that at all.
0: Would we take the tax-exempt status from a church that discriminated right. based on race?
2: I would say to you that I would have a different discussion about <laughs> that, and uh, I would be happy to have it with you. We have uh, done that
3: to a faith-based college. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And
2: so and certainly, yeah. there's, there, there, again, there becomes a whole thing here, right? Yeah. However... Again, this we only get. We got literally. We have to stop now. But yeah, so but, I could not begin that thing. discussion. She said, "Keep, this keep is having what she throws in front of me. Keep
0: having these conversations." Right. Like yeah. to me, right. the only thing, the only bad thing is to stop talking yeah. to people who disagree with you.
2: Kelsey, thank you very much. Thank you for uh, having uh, you for having, This has been a great conversation. Okay, so I am going to say I'm going to be uh, hopefully the next time you hear from me the jet lag will have uh, disappeared at least a little bit. I'm, I'm praying that that's what's going to happen to me. <laughs> Join us for the next episode of the Voice Loudmouth Project's Voices of Reason. If you have any comments about our show, please contact us via email at voramed at gmail or at vorjasonl at gmail. And you can also find us on Twitter at AD on sports and at jasonlee1. Our show's Twitter handle is at vorpodcast. You can check out our Facebook page and you can also find and subscribe to free episodes of our podcast on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or any other places where you might find interesting content. Be sure to review our show as well. We love to get your feedback, and it helps us grow our audience. Until next time, I'm Jason Lee. When you engage in passionate debate, do your best to keep your dialogue civil. Try to be the voice of reason.
3: Voices of Reason is a production of the Loudmouth Project.
1: I'm Dave Colley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new
0: season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on
1: Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains.